It's late. It's 12.13 a.m. It's Friday morning, July 3rd. It's my birthday. The recording you're about to hear I just recorded yesterday, just before it turned into today. And it's called Battle Wounds or Wounded Warriors. I really believe it's going to be a blessing to you. We're taking our ministry to another level. I told you the other day we're going on the offense. It's time for us not to be defensive Christians, defensive people, defensive soldiers. But it's time to take that battle to the enemy's field. And it's time to take back some land that he took from us. And he's going to pay the price because we're not wimps and we're not weaklings. And he underestimated each and every one of us because we've been anointed by Jesus Christ and washed in his blood and saved by Jesus himself and what he did on the cross. So after a word from our sponsors, you'll hear battle wounds. Hey everybody out there in podcast land, this is David, coming at you with another talk. Well, it's late into the night, 11.47pm on July 2nd. It's pretty late. I was just going through some of the old videos and looking at stuff and coming up with some different ideas. I'm working on some thoughts in my mind, but I was just trying to get some visuals. If you've been following me any length of time, you see that I work on multiple different sites and multiple different ways to reach out socially to people. My physical presence, I do it with my physical presence throughout the day. I meet people, I go out, I make it um, a purpose to try to give a business card, one of the business cards for the ministries that we do, and these are to help people out. My mom, Sister Jessica, we all work together throughout the day. We're always doing something. Our group, our uh, Google Duo group that we do nightly, every one of them are involved. They're always doing something, inviting somebody to try to join into our group or talking or giving testimonies like my Aunt Lori, my sister Liz, AJ, Amira, oh, many more. If I forgot your name, I'm sorry. My dad, Rebecca, Steve, a new person that just joined into our group which is an awesome presence of his spirit is just great just to have him there. Uh, Natalie, this is Jessica's friend. She's come a long way, just joined us. She's went through so much in her life, but she's been overcoming it, and you can see the growth in her. It's just been a pleasure to have all these guys and girls gathered together. My Aunt Tina, she joins sometimes, and we just love having her. I apologize for my voice still being raspy. This is only the fourth, fifth day. Let me see. Friday, tomorrow will be a week. I'm I've had my surgery, so I'm on like six days right now. Sixth day for my surgery. Healing's going pretty good. The scar's pretty red, and it's going to be a pretty good sized scar when it's done healing. My voice is pretty raspy. I already had a, a weak vocal cord before the surgery, and after the surgery, the breathing apparatus they put through your throat to put you on a ventilator during the surgery wreaked havoc on my esophagus and the way that they move your esophagus around to get behind it to get into the spine 
to be able to perform the surgery itself is a feat in itself and it's amazing they can even do something like that but now that I'm on the healing process this is where I'm at and this is what I have to work with and instead of just leaving everybody without a thought or my ability to speak to you I wanted to come to you and if you can overlook these little things I'm willing to keep on speaking and giving you something good for your soul so with all that said and that out of the way a couple thoughts I was thinking about I put up a video yesterday um, maybe a day before yesterday now it's called battle ready I really believe it's a good video if you haven't seen it you need to go to my Facebook page and you need to look up battle ready if you can't find it for some reason contact me send me an email at reverenddave2 at gmail.com that's r-e-v-e-r-e-n-d-d-a-v-e the number two at gmail.com and if you do that and send me an email i'll send that link to you or whatever information you need if you send me an email just asking for anything i'll try to get right back with you as soon as i see the email so battle ready is a really good one and so many other thoughts had come to my mind while I was making that video and that podcast. And so I think I'm going to break them up into little series or something like that. I haven't really figured it out yet, but I want to share some things with you. One thing is battle wounds, being wounded in battle, and what all that entails. And how sometimes the enemy likes to wound people more than to kill them because... If you kill an enemy, he lays down on the ground and he's useless. But if you wound the enemy, good, healthy soldiers have to come to the aid to bring that wounded soldier to safety. And so you take two or three or more people off the battlefield for every wounded person you put on the enemy side. Now we're talking greater strategy in war now, and not many people think on these type of levels. But there's different levels than even this that I'm talking about. Some of the weapons that are used in warfare are caused not just to kill people but to injure maim or hurt in a way that they take more people off the battlefield or it causes such psychological problems that it weakens the soldier that's in front of the enemy now there is a plethora of things i just mentioned in those little statements right there that you could glean from for example the the mental state of a soldier Have you ever thought about boot camp and why they do the things they do in boot camp? One of the things that they do in boot camp and the reason why they're so regimented and they're so, seems like they're so mean from an outside person looking, it looks like they're mean and punishing the poor person that joined the military. But one of the concepts that they're doing is they're breaking your will down all the way and who you are to build you back up the way they want you as a unit, as a machine. You're going to become a machine, part of a puzzle in a bigger picture, just a piece. You're not the whole picture. If you're the whole picture, you probably won't make it long, or you'd have to go to a different division if you can make it that far. That's called leadership or stiff-neckedness, and if you're too stiff-necked and you don't know how to follow orders, you will never be a leader. You will only make it so far, and then your, your um, thorn in the flesh will get you. It will make sure it brings you back down and you have to start all over again. And eventually you'll be complaining to everybody that you wish you had a position. Nobody's given you a position. And the reason why is because you've never been a follower yourself. 
Now, the reason why they will break you down and make it make it so that your will is gone is they can indoctrinate you in their belief system, whatever military it is, get you making your bed, get you running a certain um, track every day, get you doing a certain amount of push-ups, get you fearing certain punishments, get you uh, obeying orders, get you just call signs. Everything is being done to turn you into a pliable machine that they can use. And so the enemy knows this because we're in the modern warfare now. We're in the modern days where it's not you just walk out on the field, you hit each other with sticks and stones, or even stab each other with spears. The technical military things that they do nowadays is just beyond what you can imagine. And so the enemy knows that the best way to deal with the enemy is to break their will, just like the sergeant did in boot camp. If you can break down the mental status of the enemy, you win the war. If you get your enemy to turn around and run away, you win the war. And what what has been found out through generations, one of the worst things about war is the cleanup process. What you have to do after the battle's been won. You have to rebuild the cities. You have to rebuild the towns. You have to do something with the people now that you've, you've overcome and you've captured. You want to turn them into something that can work again, make a civil civilization that can be changed. Their minds can be changed and pliable. They can be useful for whatever it is that you want them to be. But the cleanup process is one of the worst jobs at, at the end of a war, especially if there's bodies everywhere. Nobody wants to do that. And the person that will have to dig the graves and move those bodies will have psychological harm probably the rest of their life. Look at Vietnam War. Everyone that come back from Vietnam was different. There are different. It was a different generation. I was able to meet a few people that come back from that war. They were family members. And whenever you talk to them, they were just different. My mom told me a story about her brother, my Uncle Dave, that has passed now. That the first time he came back after Vietnam, he went into the house, and he was still a young man. And he turned on all the faucets, and he kept flushing the toilets, and he kept turning on the faucets. He was fascinated at running water because he was in the jungle, and what he had to see and go through broke him psychologically to a point. And so things that we think of normal over here was not normal to him. Life had to be rewritten for this man, and just like many other soldiers, So psychologically, it it brings harm to the civilization that's trying to win the war itself. And so the enemy knows this. The enemy knows this because we've been in years and years of conflict, generations and decades, over millennials, millennials. It's just been going on and we understand war to a different extent now. And it's not just fought with missiles and bombs and guns. Now, everything I just said was in the physical realm. These are things you can look up in history, you can find on YouTube, you can study them out, you can probably talk to a living soul if he's still alive, or find out stories through pictures to get the idea of what I was just talking about. But our enemy is a very cunning enemy if you believe in Jesus Christ. If you're a born-again believer and you're on your way to following Jesus, even if you're in the beginning stage and you just started, 
you just started to pray. You prayed for maybe the first time and you introduced yourself to Jesus and you haven't went any further yet. The first thing that I could tell you that you should do is start a prayer journey with Jesus. If you just introduced yourself to God, I would advise you to start to praying to him, start talking to him, get to know him, get to know this God that is asking you to be born again. Not because people are telling you. I don't want you to go out and get baptized because somebody told you. I want you to find out Jesus for yourself and he will reveal himself to you. And after he reveals himself to you, because I know he will, I know my God, you should ask him to reveal baptism in the name of Jesus to you. And as you get on your journey, we will go into further and further lessons later on. But that's a great start for you right there. Get to know Jesus. Talk to him. Spend time with him. Kneel beside your bed before you go to bed at night. You don't have to have somebody praying over you all day long. You don't have to have somebody going into a spiritual battle for you all day long. Because I tell you this, little one, if you're a little one entering in the kingdom of God, your greatest ally is Jesus Christ himself. You don't have to worry. If Jesus says that you are wanting to be saved and he's coming to your rescue, there is nothing gonna stand in the way. Jesus will make sure he finds you and he will get you into the pearly gates himself. Jesus is no joke. Jesus is a mighty God. And Jesus is real. And he will reveal himself. Because he's revealed himself to me. And many other of my listeners and sponsors on here know who I'm talking about. Jesus Christ. And after you do these things, you got to remember, this is what I'm trying to teach you in this this talk tonight. And it's going to be a little bit short because I want to break it into segments. I have so much more to say about this. But the enemy that we fight is called Satan. That old serpent. The devil. And he searches and he seeks like a roaring lion. lion, Wandering around the border sides of the desert. Wandering through the jungle. Roaring. Making his cry. Yelling to let everyone know that this mighty beast is walking around. He's not silent. He's making sure he's marking all of his territory. He's making sure all the weak, feminine vessels around him submit to him. But if anyone challenges him, he will eat them up and devour them. If there's any solo Christian wandering around out there tonight that is just weak, you have a lighthouse, a beacon right now that is shining called Sanctified Life Ministries. You have people here that are lights that are shining, saying, come, we will allow you to find rest. We will help you. We are a beacon of hope right now. God is using us in our words and our ministry to reach you. And if you stay long enough, Jesus will rescue you. He will not let you die out there. He will not let the enemy get you. Just keep coming. Keep coming to the light. Keep walking forward tonight. And if you can't make it, then you need to pray beside your bed. And that's what I'm trying to teach you folks. Every one of us need to have a prayer life tonight. Not because a man tells you, not because you think it's a good thing, but because it's very necessary in the hour we're in. It is your lifeline 
to the King of Kings. It is your lifeline to the God of Gods, the one that can save you. Prayer is free. It costs you nothing. You don't have to send any money in to be able to pray. You cannot pray any better than anyone else. You who are praying for the first time are just as good as the man that prays for 30 years. Because the end result matters. If you pray for the first time and you meet Jesus, that prayer is one of the most powerful prayers that could ever be prayed. And if you prayed for 30 years and you met Jesus, that prayer is equal to the one when the first one knelt down for the first time and cried and Jesus showed up. Just because you have 30 years or 40 years under your belt doesn't make you any better than anyone else. And I say this because I am no better than anyone else. I am the least among all. I count it a joy to be able to serve Jesus. I'm not worthy to even unlatch the sandals that he wears. He is so mighty and so awesome. He's never let the righteous forsaken or for begging bread. He's never forsaken any of us. And before we go on, I had a dream this morning. It was actually yesterday. I shared it with a few people. I always try to share my dreams right away because they usually, some mean something and those ones I don't really feel that mean anything. I just discredit them right away. But there's other ones that just stick with you and you just can't shake them and you have to tell somebody. So I tell somebody until the Lord reveals what they might be. And I was dreaming about these four wells and all four wells were dry. And as all four wells were dry, you would think that, that this is a bad situation. But I was still working, I was still digging, and I was still doing things, even though there was four dry wells. And the Lord spoke to me and said, even though the wells are dry, you still serve me. And I woke up after that, and I was startled. And it's like the Lord was trying to show me something that was pretty amazing that I haven't seen that I missed during my walk with God. Over the last 10 years, I've suffered pretty greatly but I've actually suffered since I was called out of the world almost 20 years ago. The Lord used the book of Job to call me out, the man named Job that went through the greatest trials of any man on earth and never cursed God. And in the end, God blessed him with double, but that's not why Job didn't curse God. It's because the character and content that God put in this man when he created him. And I believe the Lord did the same thing for me when he called me out of the world. He blessed me with the same anointing that Job had, and I'm very thankful for it, and I cannot wait to meet Job, the man that didn't curse God. When everyone looked at him and said, you have a right, you should just quit, you should just stop. What you're doing is a waste of time, Job. Don't go any further. Stop. There was red signs everywhere. There was blinking lights everywhere. There were sirens everywhere saying, stop, Job. Don't go any further. You're, you're doing it wrong. You're messing up. God's not with you. You don't hear God. Everything was going against Job, and then one moment happened. The Lord spoke, and he told him to gird up his loins because now he was going to speak. And after God got done speaking to this man, he blessed Job. Job repented quickly. Job was a mighty man. But this last 10 years of my life have been one of the most trying times as a Christian I've ever had. 
And I've had some pretty hard ones before these 10 years, some pretty bad ones. But in the last 10 years, I've had five surgeries, six surgeries, seven, seven surgeries on my body, four were in my back, one gallbladder, one tonsils and nostrils. And now I just had my throat with two fusions inside my neck. On top of that, each time one of the major surgeries happened, one out of the four of my major surgeries in my back was a really bad one, which I really believe it took part of my soul. That's how bad it was. It was so bad I was praying to die at times. The nights were so hard and waking up was so painful. And I could not believe that I was forsaken by God. And I don't know why he left me. I don't know why I didn't do anything wrong. I don't understand. And I kept suffering and suffering. And in the midst of that suffering, a storm had showed up in Midland and started to rain and it didn't stop for days until the waters overflowed the banks and flooded our house. For the first time I've ever experienced a damage like that in my home. It destroyed most of the things in my home and my walls, my floors, everything in my house. While I was already going through a major trial inside my body, I wasn't able to work anymore which I had a great career, I loved my friends, the boss I had. I was traveling all over the world. I was having a great time meeting new people. I had great ideas for my ministry and everything stopped. And just recently, within that 10 year period, the floods came back again. It started to rain. I was already getting scheduled for a neck surgery, but we were already going in lockdown because coronavirus, one of the Greatest lockdowns the world has ever seen, we're experiencing it. And people dying and in fear and scare tactics everywhere and people were confused. The flood started to come again, overflowed the banks and this time was different because two dams downstream had broke and caused water to come in a way that was never done before. And this time the water had rose four feet inside my house all the way across my house. My house was in a huge lake at this time. And this time I lost animals, lost everything in this one. And right after I get out of there, a few weeks after getting a home to sustain us, while we're in this home I'm at, the surgeon called and wanted to perform a surgery because my neck was so bad. I had lost the curve in my neck and my discs were actually collapsing in my neck. And there was times that I would go paralyzed and I wake up in the morning and my arms were numb and the pain was just unbearable at times. I couldn't do anything. But this time I also suffered a lot through my home church that I was attending and the way that fellow Christians treat one another and treat me in particular, treat people I know, people I loved. And I watched how people fight and devour each other over jealousy, over cruelty, over all the vices that the devil can use on a person, even church people. Nobody's exempt from this enemy. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So you need to anchor yourself into this God named Jesus. Because if you don't, you're not going to make it. If you think you're strong and you think you have it, the Bible says take heed. Because if you think you're strong and you look down on everyone else, you might fall yourself. And if you've caused everyone around you to run away, they might not be there to pick you up and you'll be all alone and you don't want to be in that place. The worst place I've ever found in this world 
It's not in a jail cell. I've been there. It's not sickness. I've been there. It's not even losing your home. It's when you're all alone and you don't hear the voice of God and you continue to walk. And that's why I tell you about this dream because the Lord revealed to me that while the four wells were dry over the season I've been going through, I continued to go forward. I continued to work. I didn't give up. And I really feel that the Lord was pleased in this dream. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do because I'm not giving up. I will never give up. I don't have the spirit of Judas and neither do you. We are here to fight. We're here to win a war. We're here to get a victory. Now, I don't believe in just this rapture type thing that just causes us to leave and we leave the world behind and they got to fend for themselves. I really believe that we're going to fight with the words of Jesus Christ to get souls into heaven. We are going to snatch them. And I said this the other day from the left and the right and from in front of us and from behind us. Everywhere. We're going to get them all. As many as we can get. God didn't call no weaklings, folks. You're not weak. I'm not weak. And we're not giving up. So you took some beatings. You got some wounds. And that's what this is called, battle wounds. But you got to get up. Don't let more soldiers come off the field to pick you up. If you've got wounds and they're deep and they're hurting, you need to get healed. You need to stand up. You need to find the answer. You need to start searching. Because we cannot lose no more soldiers just by carrying or taking care of wounded warriors, wounded soldiers in this fight. So it's a plea tonight to ask you to get up again, to stand shoulder to shoulder with us. And let's do something great before this last battle. Because I really believe we're coming close to the end. And we can do something great. Or you can just be a status quo kind of person and just walk along with this world. Or you can be different and step, step up and, and be set apart. And people like that in the Bible were called disciples and later apostles. But today... I call you Christians. You may be wounded warriors. You may be wounded in battle. But we're still soldiers, folks. So get up. With that, God bless. Hey, I appreciate everything you do for me out there, folks. All my sponsors, my commercials, the times you listen to me, even the short clips that you get to just check me out. I appreciate it. I appreciate all you do. But I'm not called just to get you as a sponsor or to get you to be my friend or get you to follow me or like me or subscribe. My calling is to get you ready, get you battle ready, Get you ready to join this fight, being a soldier of the army of God, to go after the enemy, take down his kingdom, and push our kingdom, which is the Christian kingdom, Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, his kingdom out further, and take territory we lost. We've been on the defensive too long, folks, and it's time to go on the offensive. It's not time to fight once one another, it's time to go forward. We fought each other way too long. It's time to put our spears away 
from jabbing each other. And it's time to go forward and start to grab land and take the enemy's territory. I told you the other day I see blessings on the horizon. And I believe anybody that joins this battle, that moves forward in the time we're in, to attack this enemy kingdom, this kingdom of lies, this kingdom of deceit, this kingdom of division. And we go in there with the children of light and we start spreading light in this kingdom. We start shining light in the dark places. We're going to set the captive free when Jesus gets in there and we carry the banner of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. And with that, God bless.